All right, I want to invite you to turn your Bibles to uh, Mark chapter 14. Mark chapter 14. And we're going to begin at verse 66. All right, Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 66. Mark chapter 14, we're going to begin at verse 66. So we get started this morning, uh, I'm going to put some images up on the wall of people, and uh, when you see the image and realize who it is, I want you to just shout out the, the first thing that comes to your mind about that person, alright? So let's look at the first one. Alright, I heard, I heard it somewhere over here. The first thing I heard, President of the United States, okay, all right, okay, quarterback, a gunslinger, <laughs> all right, and in fact, Brett Favre, uh, he, he's not just any quarterback, all right, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, uh, all the records that Drew Brees have, has been breaking over the last couple of years, Brett Favre actually held a lot of those records at one time, so Hall of Fame quarterback. All right, let's get to the next one. Mickey Mouse, Disney World. All right, good, good. All right, let's look at the next one. All right. All right, the basketball player. I heard somebody shout out the best basketball player. All right, the GOAT, the greatest of all time. All right, fried chicken, what company? All right, KFC. All right, let's let's hold up. All right, so uh, I, you know, I put the images up on the wall. You know, you shouted out the first thing that came to your mind. All right, what if I were to ask you? All right, what about Simon Peter, the disciple of Jesus? What's the first thing that would come to your mind? Chances are, it would be something like, well, isn't that the dude that denied Jesus three times? Isn't that the guy who walked on water, but he sank? Isn't that the guy that Jesus called Satan? And, and my question that I want us to think about this morning as we begin, you know, you know, all those people that I put up on the wall, why do we remember their successes and we remember Simon Peter's failures? All right, the guys that I put up on the wall, all of them had their share of failures. Let's go back through the list. All right, Abraham Lincoln, you know, he had a lot of success, but he lost eight elections. He failed in business twice. He had a nervous breakdown. If you look at the next guy on the wall, NFL quarterback, but here's the thing about Brett Favre, he, he is the all-time leader in interceptions thrown, all right? He threw like 336 interceptions in his career. Nobody else is even close. I think the next closest is like 277, all right? So let's go to the next one. Walt Disney. Do you know that um, 
he worked for a newspaper called the Kansas City Star, and he was actually fired, and the people at the newspaper said that he lacked imagination and he had no good idea. His first cartoon business failed. Even after Walt Disney had success in life, he had a nervous breakdown. All right, if you look at the next guy on the list, Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player of all time, he was cut from his high school basketball team. Couldn't even make his high school basketball team as a freshman. All right, and if you look at the next guy, Colonel Sanders, you know, KFC, he's still one of the most recognizable figures in the world. Uh, he, start, he actually started KFC after he retired. All right, he retired at age 65. He had been running a restaurant that was a really a failure. When he retired, he hardly had a penny to his name. Uh, his first Social Security check was like $105, all right? By the world standards, when Colonel Sanders actually retired, he was a failure, all right? KFC came after he retired, all right? So again, you know, all the guys that I, that I put up on the wall, the first thing that comes to mind is their successes, and yet all of them have failures, and yet it's the exact opposite with somebody like Simon Peter in the Bible. When we hear his name, we instantly think about failure instead of his successes. We remember that Peter was the one that denied Jesus three times, but we forget that Peter preached at Pentecost and 3,000 people got saved. You know, why is it that we remember Peter's failures instead of his successes? And, he, and here's, here's what I think. Um, I think a lot of times we focus we focus on failure. Um, and for a lot of Christians, um, a lot of Christians just can't get past failure. You know, there's a lot of Christians out there whose failures are holding them back from serving the Lord like they should. Now, don't get me wrong, all right? You know, when, when we fail spiritually, it, it's a big deal. All right, when we sin against God, it's a big deal. But I want you to realize today that when we fail, we find forgiveness in Christ. All right, when we fail in Christ, there are lessons to be learned. All right, when we fail in Christ, we can renew our commitment to following Him. All right, and, th and that's what we want to deal with today. All right, uh, today we're going to look at perhaps Simon Peter's greatest failure. All right, we're going to look at how he denied Jesus three times, and and I believe there are some powerful lessons to to take away from from this story in Peter's life that that we can apply to our own lives as we're as we're entering 2020. All right, so let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's Word. We're going to begin reading at verse 66, and we'll read all the way down through um, verse 72. All right. Now, as Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, and when he saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, you also were with Jesus of Nazareth. 
But he denied it, saying, I neither know nor understand what you are saying. And he went out on the porch, and this rooster crowed. And the servant girl saw him again and began to say to those who stood by, This is one of them. But he denied it again. And a little later, those who stood by said to Peter again, Surely you are one of them. If you are a Galilean and your speech, for you are a Galilean and your speech shows it. And then he, he began to curse and swear, I do not know this man of whom you speak. A second time the rooster crowed, and then Peter called to mind the word that Jesus had said to him, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And he's, when he thought about it, he wept. You may be seated. So two things that we want to talk about today. we got some sermon notes in, in the worship folder. We'll put the outline up on the wall. Two things we want to talk about this morning, all right? Here's point number one, following Christ at a distance. All right, here's point number one, following Christ at a distance. Today we're looking at perhaps Peter's greatest failure when he denied Jesus three times. And there's some powerful lessons for us to be learned today to apply to our lives. And number one, following Christ at a distance. All right, following Christ at a distance. So what I want to do first, I want to go back to verse 26 of Mark chapter 14. This is kind of where it starts in this story of Peter denying Jesus. So I want you to go back to Mark chapter 14, verse 26. All right? And, and what we're going to see, this is after the Last Supper. All right? And in, our, in the passage we're about to read, Peter makes a bold statement. All right? And, and I want you to notice the bold statement that Peter makes as we as we read. So Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 26. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, All of you will be made to stumble because of me this night, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. But Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble... Yet I will not be. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke more vehemently. If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all, we just read, Peter makes a bold statement. All right? And uh, just, just for a second, I want us to think about some bold statements, all right? Um, I'll put some Im a couple of images up on the wall. Here's President John F. Kennedy, all right? In, in 1961, he made a bold statement. By the end of the decade, we're going to put a man on the moon, all right? And this was a bold statement at the time. The space program was just getting started, uh, the Russians were, were outdoing us in space. Uh, you know, every milestone in space, the Russians were beating us to the punch. And so this was a, a bold statement. 
by the end of the decade, we're going to put a man on the moon. Here's another bold statement. If you look at the next image, this is Joe Namath. He was quarterback for the New York Jets. And uh, the, I think it was the night before Super Bowl three. he guaranteed that the Jets would beat the Colts in Super Bowl three. Now, the Jets were heavy underdogs to the mighty Colts. And Joe Namath was sick and tired of hearing about how good the Colts were. And he guaranteed that the Jets would win the Super Bowl. That's a bold statement. All right. Well, Peter, in the passage we just read, he makes a bold statement. Jesus said, hey, every one of you is going to stumble. Every one of you is going to fall away. And Peter raises his hand and says, hey, not me, Jesus. If everybody else falls away, I'm not. Jesus says, Peter, before this night is up, you're going to deny me three times. And Peter says, I will die before I deny you. That's a bold statement. Peter, Peter said, I will die before I deny you. And here's the thing about bold statements. Sometimes they can be backed up. Sometimes they can't be backed up. John F. Kennedy in 1961, he makes a bold statement. We're going to put a man on the moon by the end of the decade. By the end of the decade, we had put a man on the moon. All right? Some bold statements can be backed up. Joe Namath, he guaranteed that the Jets were going to win Super Bowl three. Who won Super Bowl three? The Jets. He backed it up on the field. Some, some, some bold statements can be backed up. Some cannot. Right? For example, the uh, former coach of my Mississippi State Bulldogs supposedly made a bold statement before the Motor City Bowl, and I think there's a lot of truth to the statement he made. Um, he called Louisville soft. Now, that's a bold statement right before a football game, because when you make a statement like that, you're saying, hey, you're soft, we're going to go in there, and we're going to roll you, we're going we're gonna to do what we want, we're going to score at will against you. But some bold statements don't come to pass. If you know anything about the Music City Bowl, Louisville was far from soft. <laughs> they rolled us, beat us by 10 points. All right? You see, some bold statements can be backed up. Some cannot. Peter's bold statement, I'll, I'll, I'll die before I deny you couldn't be backed up. You see, Peter did the things he said he would never do. Peter did the things he said he would never do. Have you ever found yourself in that situation where you did something you thought you would never do? You know, as a Mississippi State fan, I wouldn't dare wear an LSU t-shirt or a shirt. All right, I just... I wouldn't do it, never would. 
But y'all remember years ago when we had that Sunday school promotion where if we got a hunt, like certain number in Sunday school, I would preach in an LSU church. Y'all remember that? And look, I set the goal. We set the goal pretty high. I was thinking, dude, I'm saved. There's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to have to wear an LSU shirt. Well, we broke the goal. <laughs> and I did the thing I said I would never do. I wore an LSU shirt to preach in. All right. So Peter, here, he does the thing. He said he would never do. He, he's saying, Jesus, I'm not going to fall away. I will die before I deny you. And earlier we read the passage in verses 66 through 72 where Peter ended up denying Jesus three times. He did the thing he said he would never do. Now, 20, I want you to flip over to um, Luke chapter 22. All right, just the, Luke is the next book in the Bible, and we're actually going to flip over to John here in a few minutes. So go ahead and flip over to Luke chapter 22. And I, and I think we get some incredible insight from Luke chapter 22 on why Peter denied Jesus, why Peter did the thing he said he would never do. Flip over to Luke chapter 22. Verse 54, look at this, Luke chapter 22, verse 54, all right, and, and by the way, the, well, here in Luke 22, it's the same story in Mark chapter 4, it's the same, it's Last Supper, Jesus has been arrested, if you keep reading past verse 54, Peter's going to deny Jesus three times, right? Same, same story, just a different gospel account. But look at what Luke adds to the story in verse 54. And having arrested him, referring to Jesus, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And notice carefully this next phrase. But Peter followed at a distance. You might want to underline or circle that phrase in your Bible. But Peter followed at a distance. Now, I think Luke intended for us to take that statement literally. That Peter, he was following the mob that had arrested Jesus at a distance. All right? Jesus had been arrested. Peter wanted to know what's going on. And he's, he's following, but he's keeping his distance. But, you know, I can't help but think that that phrase can also be taken symbolically to describe Peter's relationship with Christ. Perhaps Peter was following Christ at a distance. His commitment wasn't where he thought it was. His devotion to Christ wasn't where it needed to be. I think the question that I want us to think about this morning is, are 
are we following Christ at a distance? Our commitment to Christ is not where it should be. Is, is our commitment to Christ not where it needs to be? Are, are we following Christ at a distance? Maybe we're not reading the Bible like we should be. By the way, we should be reading the Bible every single day. Maybe our prayer life is not where it needs to be. Maybe we find ourselves missing Sunday school or missing church way too much because we deem that there are other things more important. Maybe we find ourselves uh, missing church, missing Sunday school way too much because we're just so busy and we've got so many other things going on in our lives. Are we following Christ at a distance? Is our commitment to Christ where it should be? Is our devotion to Christ where it needs to be? Maybe, maybe we're not sharing the gospel with lost people like we should be. Maybe we're not serving in the church like we should be. Maybe, maybe we're not living for Christ like we should be because we're drawn to the things of this culture more than we're drawn to the things of Christ. We following Christ at a distance? Is our commitment to Christ where it should be? Is our commitment to Christ where it needs to be? I think those are some powerful questions as we start a new year. Are we following Christ at a distance? move on point number two all right renewing our point number two renewing our commitment to Christ all right renewing our commitment to Christ all right make sure you have that renewing our commitment to Christ and once you you know get that point written down in your notes I want you to flip over to John 21 all right so we're going Mark Luke the next book is John and I want you to flip over to John 21. All right, John 21. All right, make sure you've got point number two now. Renewing our commitment to Christ. Then we're going to look at John 21. All right, while you're kind of getting there in John 21, making sure you've got it jotted down in your notes, um, this is after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. All right, this is, when, this is when John 21 takes place. And I want you to look at the first three verses of John 21. Um, after these things, uh, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. And in this way, he showed himself, uh, showed himself uh, Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. And Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. You might want to underline that phrase. 
I am going fishing. Now, I don't want you to misunderstand me here. There is nothing wrong with fishing. I love to fish, all right? But here's what we've got going on. I think this is further evidence that Peter is following Christ at a distance. His commitment is right, not where it should be or where it needs to be. Because here's the deal. Not only has Peter denied Jesus three times, but now Peter is going back to his old way of life. He's going back to his old way before Christ. Peter was a fisherman, and Jesus called him to be a fisher of men. All right, and now Peter is kind of slipping back into that life before Christ. He's kind of slipping back into those old habits. All right, and so they go fishing. All right, and um, they they have my luck when it comes to fishing. They're catching nothing. All right, that's pretty much the story of my fishing life how many how many fish do you catch none zip along that's what's going on here and then a, and then um to kind of make a long story short jesus shows up and you know he tells them to cast their nets to the other side they they catch a boatload of fish they realize it's jesus and jesus has breakfast there with peter and the rest of the disciples who are present And then Peter, I'm sorry, Jesus pulls Peter aside for a conversation. And I want you to see the conversation beginning at verse 15. Look at this in verse 15. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he he said to him, feed my lambs. And he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. And he said to him, tend my sheep. And he said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? Now, so three times Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? And this definitely parallels Peter denying Jesus three times. But there's a little more going on here. There's actually a word play in the Greek going on here, all right? In in this conversation between Jesus and Peter, we actually have two different words for love. Two different words that that carry way different meanings, all right? Uh, One of the the words for love we find here is love is the word agape, all right? And an agape love would be a love that is all in, totally committed, fully devoted, all right? And then you have another, the the other word that you have for love here is the word phileo, which means uh, brotherly love or brotherly affection, all right? Um, Here's how we might use these two words in our culture today, all right? Agape love would be like our love for family. We're devoted to family, we're committed to family, we love our family. All right? Phileo love, we might use that in, in this sense today. Um, boy, I love fried chicken. I love Krispy Kreme donut. All right, do you see the difference between these two words? All right, so here's how it goes. Jesus, first time, he asked Peter, do you love me? Agape love. P- 
Peter, are you totally committed? Are you all in? Are you fully devoted? Do you love me like that? And Peter's answer, he uses the word phileo in a sense. Peter's saying, yeah, Jesus, I love you like I love fried chicken. So Jesus asked him the second time, Peter, fully devoted. Peter says, yeah, Lord, you know I love you. Man, I love you like I love Krispy Kreme donuts. And so the third time, it's more like this. So Peter, you phileo love me? You love me like fried chicken and Krispy Kreme donuts? Do you see the wordplay going on here? And if you notice in verse 17, after that third time, Peter was grieved. Peter was grieved. I think one of the reasons Peter was grieved is he was, it was beginning to slip. His commitment to Christ was not where it needed to be. He was not all in. He was not fully devoted. He was not fully committed. And then we get to verse 19. And I read this passage Studied this passage. I'm telling how many times that I've never noticed this at the end of verse 19. So um, in verse 18, Peter, uh, Jesus kind of gives Peter a prediction on how he's going to die. And in verse 19, look at this. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, Jesus said to Peter, "Follow me." two words, follow me. Peter is asking Jesus. Jesus is asking Peter. Peter, are you ready to renew your commitment? And in those words, follow me, Jesus is asking Peter, are you willing to go all in? Are you willing to be fully devoted? And if you read through Acts, look, Peter, he renewed his commitment to the Lord. Uh, you read through the book of Acts, Peter was all in. He was fully devoted. What about us? What about us today? Maybe you're sitting out there today and, and you've kind of realized that, hey, I'm following Christ at a distance. My commitment is not where I thought it was. My commitment to Christ is not where it needs to be. And maybe today, as we start 2020, maybe you need to renew your commitment to Christ. Maybe, like Peter, you need to say, hey, it's time for me to go all in. I need to be fully devoted, totally committed to Christ. I think it's a great commitment for all of us to make today as we enter 2020. I'm going to ask you to bow your head, close your eyes. For just a moment, we're going to have a time of invitation, a time of response but before we do I want to ask you how's God speaking to to your heart today maybe you're sitting out there and boy this one really this one really hit hard um, maybe maybe this message from from Peter's life really really hit hard today but are you following at a distance commitment's not where it needs to be not where it should be Maybe today you need to renew your commitment to the Lord. Maybe today you need to come make a rededication of your life. 
from this point forward, hey, I'm going all in. Be fully devoted, totally committed. Maybe today you just need to come to this altar. Get on your knees. And say, God, I've been, I've been following you at a distance, but it's time for me to go all in. It's time for me to be fully devoted, totally committed to you. Powerful lesson. Powerful thought. As we enter a new year. Following Christ at a distance. We need to renew our commitment to Him. Father, thank you for this story from the life of Peter. We get we get so much insight into his failures. And, and Father, what it really boiled down to was his level of commitment. He, he wasn't where he thought he was. He was following at a distance. And he needed to renew his commitment. He needed to go all in. And Father, I wonder if that's any of us today. Following at a distance. Our commitment's not where we thought it was. It's not where it should be. Father, perhaps as we enter into 2020, maybe we need to renew our commitment to you. Serving you, living for you, being in church, reading your word, praying. Father, as we come to this point of invitation, our desire is for you to move how you want to move today. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Please stand.